Welcome to the Wild and Free Podcast, Episode 19. I'm Ainsley Arment, here with Tina Ingold, and today we're continuing our discussion on getting started in homeschooling. This week, we're addressing concerns that many parents have about getting everything in and making sure there aren't any gaps in our children's education. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. a lot of fears that moms have when it comes to homeschooling and I get lots of questions, emails, messages or just moms that ask me in person and I think one of the biggest questions I get is how can my child learn from me? You know, I'm his or her mom I don't think my child will learn well from me and I think that's a really legit fear. Your child may not learn well from you but I like to encourage moms that you know your child better than anyone in the world you know, you know what he or she is interested in, you know the way they learn best, you know their gifts and capabilities. So I would bet my money on you being able to teach your child the best and that your child would be able to learn best from you. And what's so great about homeschooling is that you're learning together. You know, this year was um, American history for my third grader. And I learned so much about the Boston Tea Party, the Sons of Liberty, the Revolutionary War. And I know I learned those things when I was in third grade too, but to actually teach them felt really overwhelming to me, you know, when Mm. I was outside of it thinking about teaching it. I don't remember these things. I don't know how to teach them. But really, it's so great because once you're into it, you're reading the books, you're reading the poems, you're asking questions, you're checking out books from the library, you're using Google. I seriously thought Siri was going to explode one day because I asked her so so many questions. Did she know a lot about the Boston Tea Party? (laughs) Yes, she did. Siri, what's the difference between wigs and Tories? (laughs) She's like, Tina, you have reached your limit on asking questions. No, but I did. I googled so many things and what's so great Tina. is we're learning together yeah <laughs> Tina open a book <laughs> Tina I know. I'm sorry, Siri. One more question. Yeah, but you know, that's the beauty of it is that you're learning along with your child. And so not to be intimidated by that, but to embrace it and just enjoy the ride together, you know? The fact is, is that we all are parents. We know our children better than we think we do, I think, when it comes to teaching. I don't think that homeschooling is anything beyond just kind of heavy duty parenting. You know, you're just more involved on a regular basis and more in depth. We are learning our children as we go. Homeschooling moms don't know our kids better than other moms know their kids. We don't have some special power. We just spend time with them during Mm -hmm. the day and we get to learn them. When I brought Wyatt home from school, you know, I just thought that he learned just like all the other kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously... I've learned so much. Kids just don't all learn alike. But he was having trouble being able to answer questions after reading. And he was a voracious reader. Mm. And so I started reading aloud to him the questions. When I would ask him the question verbally, he was able to tell me the answer. Mm. But when he had to read it himself, he couldn't. So it was a process of learning that he was very auditory and that also he had to start reading aloud the passages, even though it was uncomfortable for him. He had so much time. I let him do that over the course of a year. I spent a big chunk of the year reading it to him and then asking Mm. him the question. So it's just neat because we get to learn our children. Mm. We may not be able to teach our children today, but we can learn them and we can figure this out together. I completely agree with that. I think it's wonderful to be able to learn the different ways our children learn and to help them through that. 
Our new Seaside Bundle launches this week. It includes a nature journaling tutorial by Kristen Rogers, along with an audio experience from her trip to the ocean. Here's a sneak peek. Look what we found! It's, okay, it's by the wind sailor. So, ooh. It's really cool, they look like pieces of trash though. Oh wait, that? It did, because it does, it's not blue anymore. Yeah. But look at its little sail right here. Kind of looks like oh, a little yeah. jellyfish. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, so okay, what does it say? Triangular crest that acts like a sail. Many blue stinging tentacles are around them. It, but it's harmless to humans, sometimes washed ashore in tremendous numbers. Oh, wow. we've seen that before. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Like, they look like jellyfish. Like, yeah, it does. Remember the jellyfish. Like a little flat guy. See the bottom here? So there's a sail, and then there's yeah. the bottom. How can you tell if it's a sail or a part of his body? See sail? here? This part here that doesn't have all the lines on it, that's his sail. And then this part is his body. That part would have been this flat oh, blue piece you see right eye. there. White sand blue bay Hand in hand Slept there for days Light wind grace I to eye We parted ways Make me Under the ocean another fear that a mom brought up to me recently was being overwhelmed with teaching their kids everything that they need to know. I feel this weight too, for sure. You know, what if I forget to cover something really important for their grade? Or what if I don't know how to teach a certain subject? I feel that way a lot with math. Mm -hmm. For that fear, I usually say two things. First of all, there's no shame in asking for help. You know, whether it's a fellow homeschooling mom or, you know, your parents or joining a co-op. I think supplementing some classes through a co-op is a great way to help moms who have that fear of teaching. Um, we have a couple of really great co-ops around and you know I've considered as my children get older and I am scared to touch algebra or <laughs> any of the mm -hmm. hi higher math, I may supplement with some math classes through a co-op. I know several people that once their kids hit fifth, sixth grade, they actually just hire a math tutor mm -hmm. and they either come to the house or they take them so that they can come and work with them for 30 minutes a couple times a week yeah. and they can do their work and then they're hands off. They don't have to have any of those you know, battles or sure, yeah. clashings with each other and they can keep it kind of peaceful in that regard. So yeah, I absolutely. think that there's definitely options there with being able to teach certain subjects. And, you know, as far as learning gaps, I've heard several people speak on this. I've heard Susan Wise Bauer speak on it. You can't go through an entire 12 years of education without gaps. Mm, and right. that goes for whether you're in public school, yes. private school, homeschool, there's going to be learning gaps in mm -hmm. some way. Think about when you were in school, we went through the textbook, the end of the year came and we were only half way through they just close the book you move right. on next year mm -hmm. you know there's learning gaps for everything you you think I don't know how to do this you know you take the SATs and you're like I've never seen this kind of problem in my life right there are going to be learning gaps so mm -hmm. we're all doing the best we can and when yeah. a child wants to learn something if they want to go to college if they want to study something they're going to get passionate about it and it's going to drive them to learn it mm -hmm. I remember Terry Woods talking at Wimberley last fall about gaps a little bit so she was talking about how when her kids get to high school yeah. she doesn't teach mm -hmm. a lot of upper level math her son went to college 
college and he wanted to do something where he needed a lot of high level math. And so he was taking calculus and Mm -hmm. then he was in calculus too. And he was just so driven to do this Mm -hmm. that he did really well. He got A's and B's in college, but he did come back and just make a comment to his mom like, hey, mom, I just want you to know (laughs) that I was extremely... unprepared for math. <laughs> <laughs> he said woefully, right? Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, he said, so you can say that Mom, again. Yeah. just want you to know that I was woefully unprepared for college <laughs> math. And she was like, I know, but you just used woefully in a sentence. So yes. <laughs> she was so proud. I love um, it. I love but it. it was great. But yeah, there are going to be gaps. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that happen. It doesn't mean that it's an excuse, but we aren't going to teach our kids that's you know, right. the, everything mm-hmm. under the sun. I just think that that's the case no matter where they're going to school. Yeah. And at home, they have the time to pursue their interests too. So we might choose to let them pursue something that they want to learn that's- about. Our dear friend Jennifer Naraki is a regular contributor to our Wild and Free bundles and is a host at our Wild and Free conferences. For this month's bundle, she wrote a beautiful piece on dramatic play. But as some of you might know, just last week, our sweet Jen was diagnosed with an aggressive ovarian cancer that has spread to other parts of her body. She is currently in the fight for her life, but this community has rallied like nothing we have seen before. We want to take a moment to thank you and express our gratitude for your outpouring of love, prayers, and support for Jennifer and her family. If you'd like to receive updates on Jennifer's journey and see ways you can help, click on the link to her YouTube caring page in the show notes. White and blue bay Hand in hand Slept there for days Meet me Under the ocean Save me from surface rejection yeah, I think speaking of that, it's really important to have a goal in mind. You know, what is my goal for homeschooling my children? And of course, I want to give them all the academic tools that they're going to need in life. But my number one goal is just to lay a foundation for them to become people who love well and are kind and can carry on an intelligent conversation, you know, basically people of good character. And I think when that's my goal, I don't get bogged down by our studies and making sure everything is perfect and making sure my seven year old doesn't ever write her sevens backwards so I don't get embarrassed in public you know Mm -hmm. and I feel Mm -hmm. like I sort of let go of all that the past year because I would rather my kids be really intuitive to a friend or someone that's hurting than to be able to write their sevens the correct way you know so I think having like a true goal in mind for why you're doing this and why you're teaching your kids at home is so important when you're on this journey yeah and just along the lines of the fear of gaps in their education or even the fear of getting behind you know if you have a baby and you aren't Mm. working with them for a few months very intentionally or they're not doing math for a couple of months or something Mm -hmm. um, we're going through hard times the first year that I homeschooled I decided to homeschool the year that my mother was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor and I knew she only had nine months to live and we Mm. decided she was living with us and people said are you still going to homeschool are you still thinking about homeschooling they were Mm. just so appalled you know that I was going to do this like why would you do that like just keep them in school then I just remember feeling really passionate that I was to bring Wyatt home and I was going to homeschool and I it was just going to work so my Mm -hmm. mother was living with us we were caring for her I just looked at it like we're going through something and we're going to go through it together if anything I saw it as the obvious thing to do 
no, I'm bringing my children home and mm-hmm. we get to be in the house with my mom. They get to experience her throughout the day. You know, her time is limited. She only has, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. X number of months left on this earth. And what better time to bring my kids home to spend living life and gleaning from real life experiences. And it was kind of crazy at times, you know, with doctor's appointments and letting more important things take precedence over sitting at the table doing academic work. Mm-hmm. But it was still so beautiful. So, you know, you're going to go through situations and you might get behind in certain areas. Yeah, I'm reading Peter Gray right now. I know I keep mentioning this, but I'm reading through his book, Free to Learn. And I, there was an article that he wrote on the Psychology Today blog. And he described a study that was conducted in kind of the late 1920s, I think. Mm-hmm. But there was kids that hadn't done any formal math with until the sixth grade. And then there was a group of kids that did, did traditional classwork. Mm-hmm. The kids that didn't do formal math, they did story problems with them. And the kids could do mental math in that regard based on real life situations. Yeah. When they got to the sixth grade and they tested them, the children that had had no formal math but that had been doing the story problems scored much higher on doing any problem that was solved by common sense or the actual general understanding of numbers and measurement. But the group that had been doing the formal math every year, obviously, they did much better on the standardized school tests Mm. in arithmetic Mm -hmm. because they knew how to answer the problems that were geared toward test taking. Sure. But get this. At the end of sixth grade, those in the experimental classes that had had no formal math completely caught up on everything, caught up on the standard school arithmetic tests, and were still way ahead of the others on the story problems. Wow! So they were able to have no formal math all the way up until the sixth grade and then learn it all in one year. I don't know. I just find that so encouraging. That's something that Jody Maccabee mentioned in her talk in Wimberley. She said when they're cognitively ready, they can learn everything they need to know about math in just 12 weeks. And that's crazy to think that they go through all these math classes for 12 years years. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me what you're saying. When kids are developmentally ready, they can handle it, Mm -hmm. they can go after it, and they can nail it really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, John Holt even says, if you're having to do a problem with them, like take, for example, fractions, if you're Mm -hmm. having to teach children your child day after day the same kind of problem and they're Mm -hmm. not recalling it from the day before, Mm -hmm. they're probably not developmentally ready to learn that yet. Exactly. So just hold Mm -hmm. off. You know, we don't have to just spin our wheels teaching them over and over and over over the same things just because that's what they're supposed to learn. Right. Jennifer Pepito recently sat down on the beach in Morro Bay, California to have a conversation on road tripping and road schooling with wild and free mama Jessica Paul, who goes by Resplendent Life on Instagram. Here's the conversation. I want to talk to Jessica a little bit about traveling with children because her family just got back from a one-month RV trip with her four kids. So thanks for joining me today on the beach, Jessica. Yeah, we actually didn't have our RV for that month. We did tent camping and hotels at night, and then we went to North Carolina to see family. So we were all over the place, really. But we do live in an RV full-time. We've been in it for about six months. When you went back there for a month, did you take a long time getting out there or did you just drive really fast we, out there? Out Going out there, we took about four days. So it was more just getting to the East Coast to spend time um, and adventure there. But we did stop at the Petrified Forest. We made sure we had time for that in the Painted Desert, which was amazing. And we also went to the Cherokee um, Museum in Cherokee, North Carolina. 
such beautiful cultural opportunities for your kids. Yeah, it was great. And it tied in with what we were studying in history. So how did it go being in the car that long? Because your kids are pretty young, right? They are. The twins are three. um, Gunner's five, um, just turned six. And Thor is eight. It went well. I had audiobooks. We had books we read. Um, Everyone had their own nature journal, colored pencils, um, lots of food, and music looking out the window. Yeah, there was really not that much complaining. Some days were 900 mile days. Oh, yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. So, did you guys have a DVD player in the car that you could use? No, I wanted no technology at all. Yeah, it was great. We were able to do it. That's amazing. We drove to Banff last year, and we had a DVD player in our van, and we started driving and realized it was broken. So (laughs) we did. I was actually kind of excited about for once having a DVD player that worked, but we ended up doing the whole trip with no TV, very little technology, and it was okay. It was good. There was a lot of conversations, and my husband is a talker, and he loves to point things out and tell us about the history, and so we learned a lot on the trip. It was good. What was one of the favorite audiobooks you guys listened to on the way out? We had the whole series of Chronicles of Narnia, so we've read through the books, and we took them again. It was two years ago when we read through them, so yeah, that's one of my favorites. That's great, and you know what? Your kids are always going to remember. Like My husband read The Horse and His Boy when we were oh, staying in a cabin so at Bahar Dunes. Anytime we listen to that story again, it takes us back to sitting yeah. there in that cabin, the rain yeah. falling, and the knitting. I love how stories can help us remember special times Mm -hmm. now how about food did you guys make a lot of stops Um, for meals did you pack a lot to take with you we packed a lot yeah I was pretty intentional before we left I had snacks laid out everyone had their own bag for each day we were there and so in the morning when we got started I would give them their bag there would be 10 snacks in it for the whole day and they would just eat when they were hungry Um, and then we had meals some meals we had in the car sandwiches and others we would stop how many stops did you have to make on a 900 mile day to get your kids time to get out and run around and whatnot meal time we would so three times a day for sure gas station stops we would try to stop places for coffee at least once or twice during the day so just enough to stretch our legs we also had our dog with us So we had to stop and let him use the bathroom. Right. (laughs) What an adventure for your family. And now it was still school time for you guys. It was, yeah. Did you take some school books with you? We took, yeah, we took lots of history books. We're studying the Wild West, so it went along with our journey out, which was amazing. Um, We had our math books. We just read when we could with my oldest especially. Nature journaling is a big part of of homeschooling for us, so everyone had their nature journals, their watercolor pencils, yeah, just, just living. Whatever we were seeing that day, we would just talk about and learn about. Good. I just got the Wild and Free Nature Journal book. Oh, yeah. So I brought it on this camping trip yes. with us. And it's been really fun to see what I can see during the daytime mm-hmm. and then flip through the book at night and yes. see if I can copy one of the illustrations yes. to make it yes. happen. Yes, I took mine. I, I got mine a few days before we left. And so I took that with me. And it, it was fun reading through and practicing some of the drawings. So you did some of your own nature drawing then too? I did, yeah. Right. I have my own book too. Kristen talks about just taking pictures of things and then when they get home, trying to draw from the picture. How did you guys do your nature journaling to kind of remember what you saw on your trip? They all have their own interests. Thor has been really interested in flowers. So he's been picking a lot of plants as we go and taking them with him and actually putting it in his nature journal and drawing beside of it. I take a lot of pictures because I take longer with my drawings, so I'll do mine weeks later. 
my six-year-old will see something and draw it really quick. So they all kind of have their own style. And then the girls, they're only three. So they just kind of see what everyone else is doing. And um, one's a little more um, particular than the other. So oh, sweet. I have a particular child, too. <laughs> There's a lot of erasing, occasionally some <laughs> crumpling and throwing. So was there a highlight in that trip for your family? Because a month is a long time to be yeah. on the road. Well, being with family was definitely one of my highlights. I miss my East Coast family very much. But coming back, we stopped in Colorado for a few days and camped. The mountains were still snow-covered. We went to a ghost town, Animas Forks, which was amazing. So much history there. Um, seeing the buildings that you know were built over 100 years ago that are still standing through the hard winters, lots of snow, avalanches. I mean, it was amazing. How fun. That's really exciting, especially for me, because we're going to go to the Wild and Free Family Camp this year. Oh, we're driving yeah. up. We're going to go to Mexico and then drive up yes. from there. So how fun. I yeah, can't Colorado, wait to see more Colorado. It's, it's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Well, was there one thing that was a, a little bit harder that you're like, Ugh, how am I going to manage this next time? Yeah, I thought it would be a lot easier to do our school in the car. And reading was great in the car, but the writing, not so much. It's, it's hard to write in the car when you're trying to learn how to write. Doing math in the car was harder because blocks everywhere to count is harder. So I didn't think that through. Next time, I'll make sure we have more time to stop and do those things. And we're not big on technology either, but I would love to find some good math game on a device could be one place where it's useful. Yeah. The only one I've found so far is Splash Math and it doesn't engage my kids. I've been really cautious with iPads and iPhones with my kids and they're still so young. I've just been really cautious, not trying to use them so much. I've seen it become an obsession with a lot of older kids, and I don't want that for my kids. So I know there's a balance to it, and I need to incorporate it more. I'm just trying to figure out how to do that wisely. Right. And it's definitely like a, almost a day-by-day process. Yeah, it's, it's hard. And kid-by-kid, kid too. So how did you and your husband get any like quiet time or alone time on this whole trip? We don't get a whole lot of alone time unless we wait until 10 o'clock at night, and I'm so tired. But during the car ride, with all the kids in their seats and buckled, I'm not thinking, are my kids safe? You know, when out at the beach, I'm, my mind is on, where are they? Are they safe? And with them all being in the car, I was free to just have conversation with Garrett and be present with him and not be worried about where my kids are all the so time. So it actually turned out being it, some good couple we, time for you guys. Yeah, ever since we've started having kids, we haven't had the money for date nights and the babysitters, and we've never really lived around family until I moved to California. So our dates would consist of, okay, let's get the kids in the car and take a drive for an hour and pick up some coffee, and we could talk. Right. I, I can remember it's not the same now because my kids are all old enough yeah. to join in on the conversation, so it's more of a group time. But when my kids were little, for sure... That was a really special time mm-hmm. for us to even dream. Like, I feel like a lot of our family vacations ended up being vision building and dream yeah. building time because yeah. you are kind of away from the day-to-day, sometimes chaos, right. enough to get some perspective on right. it. So on this trip, did you guys start to dream and think about the coming school year and some of your plans for the future? Yeah, a little bit. We tend to do that a lot anyway. But yeah, we're in a, a transition period right now. There's just so much to think about and talk about. And, um, 
we just live in such a beautiful place. There's always places we want to go and travel to. We love to travel. So um, we're actually in the process of planning a Yosemite trip in um, September. So I just booked campsites <laughs> today. Fine. Good for you to yeah. book this early too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we're always thinking about where can we go? What can we see? I mean, God's creation is so massive and it's so diverse in our country that um, we, we always have places we want to go. Yeah. Well, Jessica, thanks so much for taking a few minutes here at the beach to yeah, chat with me about thanks. your trip. And I'm excited for the Walden Free community to hear more about traveling with children. So oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> White sand blue bay. Hand in hand. Slept there for days. Meet me under the ocean. I really appreciate you sharing that difficult time in your life because I do think there are a lot of people that are going through difficult times. It makes you question, you know, is being at home with them, is that making it harder on them? But really, I think there's always going to be difficult things that you're going through. I remember the hardest stage for me was when I had a first grader, a kindergartner, one potty training and one nursing, you know, so Mm, I had my timer set for 20 minute intervals to take my two year old to the potty and I was nursing, you know, every two to three hours. And so there were were tons of interruptions. It seemed impossible to get any actual schoolwork done, but I had to remind myself this isn't a race. We don't have to impress anyone with how much we're accomplishing every day. You know, let's just enjoy each day and learn as much as we can when we can, you know. So eventually we fell into this rhythm of lots of playing and learning outside. Reading lessons were done while I was nursing. You know, when my toddler was on the potty, we would sing ABCs and learn how to spell his name. So there's really not a right or a wrong approach to learning. I just think whatever learning has to look like in the season of life you're in, it's all good. You know, it's good if you're learning together and through those hard times. Friends, we are so excited about this month's Bundle Seaside. It's currently available to wild and free subscribers and is loaded with practical resources and inspiration for your wild and free lifestyle. To subscribe or learn more about our bundles, just go to bewildandfree.org bundles. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us next week for the Wild and Free Podcast. Um.